0: It was a partly cloudy day, and the temperature was around 73 degrees Fahrenheit. Humidity was about 64%, not bad for a December Sunday. John was sitting below deck, eating his breakfast when he and his shipmates heard the first explosion. He jumped out of his seat and ran out onto the port side of the deck. The bombers were heading his way, and within moments, the USS Arizona was hit by four armor-piercing rounds. John's twin brother, Delbert, was also on board the ship, and before John could find him, a senior officer shoved him into a lifeboat. John wasn't going to give up that easy. When the boat reached Ford Island, he jumped into another and headed right back to the battleship to continue his search for Delbert. He never found him. John's brother was one of 1,177 killed aboard the USS Arizona. In total, 2,403 lives were destroyed during the attack on Pearl Harbor. And when the news of the attack reached the ears of Little S. Adams, he was beyond outraged. The United States needed to retaliate, and the humble Pennsylvania dental surgeon slash small time inventor was going to be the man who would figure out how. At the time of the bombing, Little was on vacation in New Mexico, touring the famed Carlsbad Caverns. He took in the wonders of the big room a chamber over 300,000 square feet in size, filled with humongous stalagmites. As he stood inside the mystery room, he could hear the eerie sound of a heart beating, with no explanation of where it was coming from. And there was the bat cave, located near the main entrance, where millions of the little creatures lined the cavern ceiling. A thought occurred to him as he recalled his vacation experiences. How about exploding bats? With all of those bats flying in and out of the cave... The military could utilize them by attaching small incendiary bombs and releasing them over the Japanese mainland. The swift sound of fluttering wings and high-pitched screeching would invoke terror and lay waste to the enemy below. Little sent off a letter directly to President Franklin D. Roosevelt, a proposal designed to frighten, demoralize, and excite the prejudices of the people of the Japanese Empire. In it, he outlined the assembling of a million bat-bombs, dropping them out of American aircraft and letting the flying rodents take care of the rest. Surprisingly, the president not only read the letter, but passed the idea on to the National Defense Research Committee, which was formed to organize American science for war. In a memorandum, Roosevelt even noted, this man is not a nut. It sounds like a perfectly wild idea, but is worth looking into. The U.S. government had bought into his idea. The Air Force took ownership and put Little in charge of a ragtag team of civilians, including a lobster fisherman, ex-gangster Patricio Patsy Batista, who claimed to have worked for Al Capone, and Dr. Theodore Fieser, the inventor of napalm. Then came the basic questions. How to wrangle and contain the bats? How big would the bombs be? How would they be attached? With a little bit of experimentation, the answers started to present themselves. Bats were chilled until forced into hibernation. Napalm was placed into cellulose capsules, roughly 2 inches long, and glued to the bats' chests. Over 1,000 armed bats were placed into trays, stacked and inserted into 5-foot-long sheet metal tubes. The bombs were transported by airplane and dropped. The external shells blew apart and the increase in temperature awakened the bats, forcing them to fly away. Timing mechanisms triggered the detonation. Unfortunately, when it came to the initial testing demonstrations, They weren't successful. Over 6,000 bats were dropped out of the sky with non flammable dummy bombs glued on. Some never woke from hibernation, others just flew away in the wrong direction, never to be seen again, and some were accidentally loaded with live rounds. Six particular bats flew over the newly built Carlsbad auxiliary airfield, exploding and burning the base to the ground. Thankfully, the team had one successful demonstration in destroying a simulated Japanese village. They proved that the concept worked, but the BATS needed to be better controlled. However, bureaucracy reared its ugly head, holding back the project's ability to keep moving forward. The Air Force dumped the program, but Little refused to give up. With the help of a Marine Corps officer, they convinced the U.S. Navy to take over. The program even had a cool new nickname, Project X-Ray but even with continued progress, the program was ultimately shut down in 1944 thanks to the military shifting their favor toward another project known as Manhattan. Out in Los Alamos, New Mexico, the atomic bomb was being developed and we all know how that ended. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, give it a five-star rating, and share with not one but two of your friends. If I haven't told your favorite silly story from history, send me an email at nightowlbroadcasting at gmail.com. Subject, Silly History Story. This show is a Night Owl production.